0: Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo, and it's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta to compete for the coveted jacket, and DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a free shot at the $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using promo code THPN. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. It's easy to play, pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning. Then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Even though you may not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings is giving you the chance to catch to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at the $1 million top prize. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Noah, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. You know, busy week, busy week. Uh, Lots going on. And I mean, you know, here in Ontario, we're going back into another lockdown, which is just awesome. Yeah. um, Glad I'm not there right now just because of the lockdown.
1: Um, I mean, New York's been pretty open, I'd say, for... Like, they never closed outdoor dining, I don't
0: think. Yeah, so, yeah, you're, you're chilling. You know, yeah. people are getting vaccinated here. Another down. Awesome. You know, can't go anywhere. And I don't think, I mean, going back to Ontario, um,
1: kind of tying it to hockey, I, I don't think the OHL is playing this year.
0: Yeah, it's not looking great for the OHL. Like, like, it's just, it's not, you see stuff all the time. It's like, you know, obviously the players want to play, but it doesn't look like uh, anything's really coming together uh, for that league, which is unfortunate for, for all those, you know, players.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, it, it really is. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the draft. They already did the, um, they already kind of updated their, what was, what do you call it? Like, procedures like a team can only fall two spots now instead of three
0: um yeah and you can't win it more than two times i think in five years yeah something like that so um
1: it's gonna be interesting to see what they do logistically for this upcoming draft i know there is there's a lot of like interesting proposals there's some people that have said push like have two drafts next year but I don't think that can
0: happen, right? Well, I, two, yeah, two drops next year would be very complicated, for sure.
1: Because, I mean, you have you have Seattle coming in. Yeah. That, that, I, I think if Seattle weren't to be coming in, I think this would be an interesting situation. But just because Seattle's going to be uh, entering the league, I think that just – it's out of the – out of the window um i know there have been like talks of like combines and stuff it's gonna be really interesting to see what the nhl does
0: yeah it's it's gonna be a real real it's it's gonna be a real challenge for teams with the draft for sure uh like yeah it's i don't know exactly what they're gonna do and you talk about you know teams and draft picks and where they're gonna pick and like if you look around like You know, you look around, you check out, you know, people's, you know, player rankings or whatever it is that are online. And like, it is all over the place. Like, usually usually there's like some variability, but this year it's like, no one's, there used to be no consensus on, you know, a lot of guys and where they should go in this draft. Because, you know, it's hard to say when a guy hasn't played in, you know, eight months you know, if he's worth the first round pick and you see every year, like you look at draft rankings and there are a lot of guys that start the year, you know, as top five picks that fall out and maybe go in the second round and guys that come out of nowhere and rise all the way up the list and go ridiculously high. And you're just not going to have that this year because it's, there's a lot of really good players who just haven't even played.
1: Yeah, they they really have. Um, it's it's gonna be. I'm honestly no idea. I assume they'll just do a regular draft,
0: um, probably virtual, most likely.
1: Um, yeah, I think
0: they said they would do a virtual one with maybe yeah, like yeah. one like hub.
1: Yeah. Kind um, of. I mean, it's, I, I think it's going to be very similar. I know the NFL is doing an in-person draft in, in Cleveland. But I, I, I think the NHL is going to stick to a virtual event. And it, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see, see what's going to happen. But definitely scouting is all over the place right now. Especially for those players who just haven't played this year. Yeah, I well, wonder like, if they. I wonder if they still gather data on them to see like if anybody grew, took on muscle, or anything.
0: I'm sure they they'd probably do stuff like that. But yeah, like you see, like in a lot of draft years, where you have a guy who like before the year is ranked top ten, and then his progression just kind of like stagnates. Like there's no like point total improvement, and then he might slip down. But there are a lot of guys who had good years, and you don't know where they're going to be at. Of you know, once you pick them, so I, I'm I'm really excited. For, you know for like 5 years from now to look back at this draft and just to see you know how how teams did essentially because it's it's going to be a real challenge.
1: It absolutely is, but I mean looking ahead a couple drafts in advance. Um, oh my
0: goodness, I know. You know you know who I'm going to bring Ridiculous. up.
1: Ridiculous. Absolutely been tearing it up is Connor Bedard. Yeah. He's t- I, this guy's 15 years old. He's playing in the WHL, and he's just putting a point after point after point.
0: Yeah, it's it's a bit ridiculous. Like, like I think Sportsnet had the graphic of like all the the players who have been given exceptional status in their 15 uh, year old seasons in, in Major Junior, and like. Most of them, like like McDavid and Tavares or whatever, they're all around, you know, just over a point per game, right? Mm-hmm. Like just barely. And Connor Bedard right now, twenty points in eleven games as a fifteen-year-old in that league. It's rather ridiculous,
1: in all honesty. Um, I the the only thing that I might think of is the competition might be a little less strong this year.
0: Yeah, I feel it. Like, uh, yeah. A little, but it's still
1: such an accomplishment. He's in the WHL, he's 15 years old, and he's putting up th- this many points.
0: Um, yeah,
1: it's absolutely crazy.
0: Yeah, like, I, I think I'd definitely I'd agree. Like, it's, it's definitely a weaker league than normal, than, in, than it would in a normal year. Uh, so that for sure probably helps a little bit, but it's still a big step up from the level where he was playing, and the numbers he's putting up are just ridiculous. Yeah, they they really are. Um, like, this is a guy who's not draft eligible for three more years. And it, it,
1: Regina's not doing, like, great either. It's not like he's he joined- playing on a really, really good team and he's feeding off of, like you know, like the energy of like winning a lot of games and playing with really, really good players. I mean, this is a team that's playing under 500.
0: Yeah, which, yeah, yeah like giant is still not a good team and he is pretty much carrying them at this point.
1: He and absolutely is. I mean, it's, it's just unfathomable.
0: He is 15 years old. Yeah, and then like, like, like how good do you think this kid could end up being?
1: But it is just so hard. It's like, I don't know, I feel like when we saw McDavid like we knew McDavid was gonna be that next one. Um, I, I think he'll definitely be like probably a first overall pick in the NHL barring any.
0: Oh, I think yeah, there's, there's yeah, no he, doubt in my mind that that kid's going the, first overall. It, it, it's hard to,
1: to really tell because he's 15 years old. He's already 5'9 and one sixty five. You have to exp- you have to hope that he's still going to grow a- at least a couple inches. Um, I mean, if this kid could break si- six feet, this would be
0: which, like, incredible. I, I, I yeah, I imagine he'll he'll probably get close to six feet. Uh, like, I'm,
1: I'm 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 projecting him to be like five eleven or something. I I think that I mean that's a pretty good size in the NHL. Um, like, who knows where this kid can go? Yeah, like I think he's playing with the U18s. Is that yeah. possible? Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see him in international yeah. competition there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think within the first three years of being in the NHL, I I'm going to call it – I'm going to say he's going to be a top five player for sure. In the NHL? To, in the NHL within three years of his career. Not three years of right now. But yeah, you know what yeah. like, like? What's that? What I find interesting is that kind of right now, like there's there's pretty much a general consensus over the 2022 and 2023 20, drafts. Like he, he's gonna be, he's gonna go first overall in 2023, and Shane Wright's gonna go first overall in 2022. And yeah, and I then, mean, you- and then there's just no clue about who's gonna go first this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely no clue, and I don't think we'll. I, I I'm not even sure we'll have a clue at at the um, at the draft. I I at least that's my hope that it can still there can still be a lot of suspense around the number one pick.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's something we haven't really had. Like I think everyone expected, you know, Lafreniere and Hughes. Um, the, and the closest thing to a surprise, maybe Nico Heischer, because there was some debate between him and Nolan Patrick. But like, it's not really ever a surprise.
1: Yeah, I that was that was just a weak draft as well. That Nico and Nolan Patrick draft. Well,
0: I don't think it was weak.
1: It was well, just. I mean, it's the the. No, I, 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 Nico Heischer is a great player, great two way player. And he's going to be in the league for a while, but you can't say that the talent at first overall was the same as in the previous years.
0: No, I'm not talking first overall, but then you look at, you know, three, four and five. Yeah. Right. Like Makar, Heiskanen and Patterson, that's an elite group. It it really is.
1: And, and then kind of, you get these two oddballs at the front. Yeah. You're kind of thinking, you know, like, well, what happened there? Um, it's so interesting to revisit old drafts like that
0: yeah yeah I think this is though. like I think this is probably one of the first times where like I actually have like no clue who's gonna go first. I,
1: I don't and you you've done even more more research than I've done which really is not hard to, to beat I don't think I've looked into it at all
0: um,
1: it, I, I'm excited for this draft
0: yeah just for that And I think I think one of the big differences we'll, we'll probably see in this draft too. I'd imagine is that especially in the first round, teams generally, for the most part, just kind of go with the best player available, right? Yeah, that, and that makes sense because I mean you want to get whatever I, the most value. The Carolinas, which just Carolina, say never, never defense.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Never take a defense one. That's that's always automatic. Uh, but yeah, generally most for the most part teams will go and take you know best player available, but in a draft like this where it's like. Man, I don't know how good – you know, if, if you're kind of uncertain about how good certain guys are, then the teams just kind of say, ah, well, screw it. We need a defenseman, so we'll take who we think is the best defenseman because we just don't know. Like, are you just going to go needs-based drafting? Yeah. I,
1: I, I'm a very big advocate of the best available pick. That's um, always what, what I like. Um, but at a certain extent, you have to – you you do have to um, address your needs.
0: Yeah. Like I'm I'm like, I'm all for taking best player available. I think that's the way to do it. But in a year where it's so hard to tell who the best available is, why not just say, Oh, well, I don't know if he's the best available, but our D sucks. Let's take this guy. Uh, It's yeah.
1: I mean, it feels like at that point, like the evaluations are just going to be all over the place. Um, And, and this, this notion of, like, best available, I think is going to be very questioned. Is like – because you won't know who is the best available.
0: Exactly. So, so if, if you don't know who the best available is, then just go and get a guy who plays a position you like. Exactly. And just roll the dice on that. Like, it's going to be a crazy draft for sure. Um, but now, turning it over to some Panthers news, because we do have some Panthers news mm-hmm. uh, going on this week. Uh, we'll start off, uh, blockbuster trade from the team, sending Vinny and Estroza back to Chicago in exchange for Brad Morrison. And what did you think of the move, Noah? Um,
1: it's obviously a minor, minor move. Uh, Morrison's never played an NHL game, you know. Um, so far. Yeah, so far no. Obviously, I, I hope he will. And he, he he tore it up in the in the WHL with uh, your favorite place, Lethbridge. Uh, he had amazing playoffs with them. It's a guy with potential, but he's he's a little old.
0: Yeah, like he's, you know, to me it's like, I don't know, like like is he going to be an NHL player? Maybe, but probably not. Most likely. Yeah. Right. And so at the end of the day, this seems like it's just for for, for Florida, it's kind of just a cap dump like Vinny Henestro. Yeah. it. Absolutely. Right. And we talked we talked a lot about, you know, Bill Zito, a lot of the guys he, he brought in is just you're kind of rolling the dice and, and betting on, you know, guys outperforming their contracts. Uh, so you're just taking these really low risk options. Uh, and a lot of the bets have, for the most part, you know, worked out pretty well. Verhage's been excellent. Duclair's been solid, right?
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, Enostroza was not having a good season. I think he was injured. Um, it's injured, even scratched a bunch, no yeah, points. It's just, and and Chicago does the thing they, they, they like to do where they love bringing players back, don't they?
0: Yeah, they always bring the guy
1: back. They love bringing guys back. So uh, I think it's a move that, is, is good for both teams really it's it's a minor move but just in the best interest of, of either either party
0: yeah like if if you're florida you bring in vinnie henistros in the off season for a pretty cheap cap hit you hope he can maybe work himself into being a you know a top nine guy for you uh it didn't end up happening and it's okay send him to chicago uh to get rid of the salary cap and you know no harm done Exactly. You know, it just didn't work out. And I'm still like, I'm a big Vinny Henestrosa fan. I still really like Vinny Henestrosa as a player, um, but it just wasn't a good fit in Florida. It really, it,
1: it just wasn't. I, you know, it, it's unfortunate, but no harm, no foul, as they say.
0: Yeah. Like you brought him in, you tried it out. Didn't work. He goes back to Chicago. They're very I, I familiar think with the player. I mean,
1: you know, who, and who knows with this Morrison kid, um, you never know. He's 24. It's just the only thing. But I think best case scenario, he's he becomes a regular top liner in the AHL. Like that's I think that's that's fine.
0: Yeah. And for the Panthers, they clear out that million dollar in cap space, potentially something they could use as we get closer to the trade deadline here, coming up in nine days. Uh, so it should be interesting to see how. Active the the team is uh, going into this deadline. We've been kind of anticipating, you know, more trades would start happening. Haven't really seen it. Just kind of this one.
1: No, and we we have the Jack Roslovic healthy scratch, which I, I I don't put too much into that, just because it, it's Tortorella, you know, like, who knows what's going on in his brain, um, and and. Rostovic was, had slowed down since his his arrival in Columbus. So I think things are going to start to move, but I'm kind of getting a sense that we're not going to see that much movement.
0: Yeah. It's starting to feel like, and I think it's just, a lot of teams are kind of waiting and seeing, you know, where certain guys go to make their move. So I think, you kind of just got to wait till like one big trade happens. And then once that domino falls, I think, you know, other stuff might start to happen. It's just whether or not that even happens. Yeah. And and, and and who's going to be the first to to pull the trigger and make a, make a move. Over
1: the years, we've had quite a bit of trade centers where it's been a long, long, long morning, right? Like hours without trades. So
0: yeah. Trade centers, like it's one of my favorite days. Like, my, my mom used to always let me stay home from school on, on trade deadline day. And it was always like, it was the best day ever. And you get up and it's like, and I'm from out West. So it's even earlier. It's like seven in the morning and I'm on the couch and I'm watching trade center. I'm like, Oh yeah, it's the best. And then I'm there for like six hours and like two guys get traded.
1: Yeah. It's, it's been disappointing in recent years to be honest, but I, it, y- you still get excited for it no matter what.
0: Yeah, like you're you're always it's so it's so tricky. Because it's like I'm excited for it every year, but every year I go into it knowing it's gonna be a letdown. But I'm still excited.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, like I
0: like I try to like trick myself into thinking, oh, maybe this is the year something crazy happens. <laughs> you know, like and you look around at like other sports leagues, and all their trade deadlines are like sick with the big names getting moved around. And then the NHL is just like, Jean-Gabriel Pajot for a first. And it's like, okay, <laughs> I guess like.
1: Yeah, um, I definitely agree that hockey is, is a sport where we see the probably the least amount of top tier talent movement across the league over the years. Um, but it, it's a healthy balance, I think.
0: Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's for sure a healthy balance. Um, but yeah, the league just it doesn't have the same kind of movement that other leagues have, which is such a shame because I want to see something you know exciting happen. Like, yeah, it's,
1: yeah, and we've had free agent frenzies that have been let downs as well. Um,
0: yeah, another I, day that's always, always another hype
1: down. day that's always Canada Day. So it's it's always cool um yeah i mean the, the these events i mean at least for us have like pretty much become holidays
0: yeah it's just like i'm gonna stall like, whatever it is like no like I'm, I'm i'm gonna sit like for eight hours and just be disappointed by nothing happening and i'm gonna be bored and miserable and i'm gonna do it year after year it's gonna be without fail it. yeah every year uh so that's yeah that's going to be me again this year yeah for sure. What I'm looking for what
1: we're looking forward to.
0: Yeah, this is for sure the year. I'm telling you it's we're going to wake up April 12th get the notification Vince Dunn Florida Panther done deal and it's all going to be okay.
1: Yeah, um I think that would be that would really be awesome. I mean Vince Dunn would I think is the most attractive name on the list for Panthers fan or should be the most attractive name. On yeah. The I
0: think it's just such a good fit and a good player that that that's for sure. The guy I'd be, I'd be looking at, uh, but the good news for Panthers fans though. And for the team right now is that uh, they're coming up against Columbus today, Jack Roslovich, healthy scratch, as you mentioned, uh, but Barkov and Hornquist finally back in the lineup here. Uh, Exciting stuff. Uh, what are you looking to see in this game here versus Columbus?
1: Uh, I'm just looking for 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 Barkov and, and Hornquist to slot back into the lineup. And uh, you know, I'm I, as much as much. It would be awesome to see Barkov had, like, have like three points, but that's not what I'm expecting. I'm just expecting them to ease back into the lineup. You know, they they've been out for over a week. Is I'm, I'm just looking for them to ease back in and get 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 used to it. And I think even without Barkov and Hornquist, this was a team that could have easily beat Columbus. So I think that having them back in the lineup is is only can only be good.
0: Yeah, like I think when when Hornquist and Barkov were were injured, kind of at first, I think it took a couple games for the team to really figure out how they were gonna adapt with those guys out and a lot of guys stepped up during that span uh now that they're back i'm hoping we kind of to see the same sort of team that we've seen for most of the year when when they've been healthy um it'll be huge for the power play getting those guys back in there yeah because that was kind of all over the place with you know anytime you're missing 60 percent of your your normal power play unit makes things a bit challenging especially like
1: your, your best, you know, Barkov and, and uh, Ekblad being your yeah. power play. I mean, it, it's definitely tough.
0: Yeah. So getting those guys back for the, for the special teams will be huge. Uh, and hopefully, you know, they're, they're, they're hundred percent. Everything's healed. They're not rushed back into things. I mean, and I guess that's another dude. Is that it's there's no chance really that they they're being rushed back just because if there's no reason to rush them back really. No, no, none whatsoever. Right, like you got a nice comfortable gap on, you know, the Predators and the Blackhawks and sure, let's say Columbus. So there's no reason to to go rush these guys back. So hopefully they're healthy, uh, and just slot slot right back in and. Uh, the team can, can keep cooking. Yeah. Um, I think that
1: as long as both of them can be, like, up to pace for those, for those two games against Carolina, I think, uh, I think the Panthers are in good hands.
0: Yeah. Uh, but the most exciting thing for today's game, we got uh, this week Panthers went out and they signed probably the most sought-after college UFA mm-hmm. uh, in Matt Kierstad which at the time I thought, you know, gr- great move, uh, you know, getting a, a, you know, pretty solid prospect um, and, you know, especially just adding that organizational depth. Uh, and, you know, I thought they might, you know, stash him on the taxi squad or send him down to the A. Uh, but no, he's, he's making his NHL debut today. He, he is. Uh, I, I really thought
1: that he was going to be on the taxi squad or something for yeah, a bit, like, but they, they really, it's, he's been playing college and you can't really evaluate it, but obviously Quenville thinks that he's ready. Um, You you can't help but feel that it might be a little rushed, but that's, that's the naive approach, obviously. And it's going to be really exciting to see how he fares tonight, but really exciting just because of, I mean, how sought after he was at the, at the college level by NHL teams.
0: Yeah. I mean, the fact, the fact that, you know, he he winds up in Florida is just fantastic because it's not always the, you know, the number one destination for, for a lot of free agents, especially college free agents. So getting him to sign in Florida already huge Uh, getting him into games here. I mean, like it's a little bit sooner than, than I expected, but I trust that, you know, they, they, he's come in and the, the staff's taking a good look at him and they think he can contribute. And I don't think they put him in unless they felt, you know, he was ready enough to handle it. Uh, so hopefully he's able to show well. They are dressing 7-D, though. Like, I don't think he's, he's not going to play a ton of minutes. No, no, I wouldn't expect him to. But
1: I, 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 this is really his audition, right? Like, if he, for the seven and a half minutes he's going to play tonight, maybe 11 if he gets lucky. Um, if if he can show that he belongs in the NHL, I think that, that I mean, that's all he has to do is just prove that he's not going to be out of place. And, I mean, we might see him in the leg, lineup regular, on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it more, my guess is that he came in, they signed him, and the Panthers, you know, with Aaron bud being out, um, they've undoubtedly looked around, you know, at the free agent market for defensemen. And before they, you know, go out and try to make a move or do whatever, uh, I think the kind of thought is, hey, like, we're in a good spot in the standings. Um, We've signed this guy, so let's just throw him in there and just see what we got, really, right? And see if this is a guy we can rely on down the stretch and potentially use in the playoffs, or if, you know, he still needs a bit more time and we need to go out and get somebody just to bolster that D group. Uh, so I'm really curious to see how he does. Uh, I've I've not watched him a ton. I've watched a few games when he was at UND. Uh, not not the, not like a huge guy uh, out there, but a really good skater, um, and a good story too. He battled through some, some injuries there at North Dakota. Um, he's had really good years the last couple of years, uh, just kind of as that smooth skating two way defenseman, and so. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to see him. Uh, I I hope he does well.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's not a huge, huge body on on the on the D line, but he's six foot, and I think I, I'm just really excited to see him play and how he's going to do in the NHL.
0: Yeah, I I hope it goes well. Obviously, NHL debut, going to be nervous, uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if it turns out that you know he comes in and he plays, you know pretty well in whatever minutes that he gets, this could be a huge boost to this team that was looking for ways to improve on the back end. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited. I can't wait. It's always it's always fun watching players making their debut. The other interesting thing I found was so I was reading um, a quote from uh, Joel Quenville today uh, who said – we uh, on, on Kierstad and Spencer Knight, he said, we feel these guys are going to help us as we go along here. Both guys are going to get a chance to play. Matt's going to play tonight and we'll see on Spencer at some point. Uh, so kind of alluding to, you know, Kierstad's getting into night. Uh, but at some point we will see Spencer Knight out there this season. It sounds like.
1: Yeah. Um, again, a surprising move in my opinion, uh, I was not expecting it at all. So that's that's really exciting. Um, we, we've talked about the Panthers' uh, goalie prospect situation at the moment. I mean, it's it it's great. I uh, honestly pretty much ideal, definitely top 5 in the league if you ask me. It's just so impressive this <laughs> they're putting Spencer Knight in this year. It's it's so surprising.
0: Yeah, I did, like, obviously, Spencer and I, you know, high draft pick, great goalie, top prospect, whatever. I did not, ex- you know, I thought, you know, Taxi Squad, maybe HL, once he, you know, signs out of college. Uh, I did not expect that they would be, you know, just saying, hey, yeah, we're going to give him some starts. to see what we got. Just because, you know, if, if the Panthers were having some real struggles and that guy, you know, either Wabrowski or Drieger wasn't playing well. Then I'd say, yeah, of course, give Spencer Knight a look. But both guys are playing well, uh, you know, at the moment, and the team still wants to give Spencer Knight a look. I mean, that's it's gonna be pretty cool. I'm excited. I can't wait to watch Spencer Knight back there.
1: Yeah, um, and we 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 had a lo- we were lucky enough to see him play in person, and I, he looked fantastic there. So it's just gonna be really interesting to see him in a Panthers in Panthers gear out there.
0: Yeah, I think it's coming a lot – it's going to come a lot sooner than we kind of anticipated here. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be real great. And I, I love that the, the organization is – you know, you're bringing in these guys and uh, that they're giving them that chance to, to at least show what they can do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I feel like a lot of teams with prospects either rush them or they, like, let them, like, over-ripen in the minors – and then bring them up yeah, without ever really checking to see, you know, where they're at and how close they are and, you know, giving them tastes of NHL action along the way. So I like that they're just throwing these guys in and say, you know, Hey, let's see what we got here. Let's see if these guys are, you know, close to being NHL players. Uh, I Definitely. don't think, and really like the, like the first game, you know, regardless of what happens, just kind of write it off because, you know, there's going to be so much emotion and nerves in these players that I don't think it would be that accurate a depiction of their you know, actual ability, either good or bad. I think you're maybe looking at the second or third game that they play as probably more true to what their ability is at this level.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I think you nailed it. Um, can't rush them, but you can't take too much time. It's, it's kind of finding that sweet spot, and it's, it's good to just put them out there in the NHL to start with, evaluate where they are at there and see how much, where, where they go from there. Um, I think they did it with Owen Tippett. Owen Tippett played a couple games with, with the Panthers and then AHL the next season. I, I think that we're looking at a very similar.
0: Ah. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree. like, I, like, I hate when teams say like, Oh, we want our players to like over ripen in the minors. It's like overripening is a bad thing. Like, have you ever had like an overripe apple? It's mushy. It's gross. Yeah. You want them to be just normally, like normal ripe, like perfectly ripe. That's when you want. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, yeah. like if yeah, if if a player's ready in three years, I'm not going to keep him in the minors for four. Exactly. Like that makes no sense. So I I I'm very excited and glad that they're going to give these guys a shot, and for the fans, obviously exciting to see what they can do, and then you know, who knows, maybe, you know, maybe Matt Kierstad is the answer on defense. I
1: mean, you never know, right?
0: You never know. Yeah. And and then, so, uh, yeah, I imagine, you know, and then I imagine what we see from these two guys in the next couple weeks or whatever is going to largely dictate what the Panthers do with the deadline. Like if Spencer comes, you know, Spencer Knight comes in, plays outstanding, I think there's a pretty good chance, you know, we might see Chris Drieger moved out. Yeah, I definitely get the sense that
1: Drieger's days in Florida are numbered, and it's not his fault. He's been playing amazing. It's just –
0: Well, yeah, like I think it is his fault. He just priced himself out. Like he was just – like it's a good thing.
1: Well, yeah, it's his fault. He ended up being too good.
0: Like that's just the reality of it. Yeah, but (laughs) yeah, it's his fault in a good way. Like because, you know, he come into Florida, Wabrowski making what he's making, he's not going anywhere. And the fact that you've come in and priced yourself out of that situation, I mean, good for you. Uh, and if the Panthers have a guy that's going to come in and be able to replace that, uh, then it's kind of just, it works out well for everyone. Where yeah. Chris, Chris, Chris Jr. can go play somewhere where he's going to get, you know, the stars that he needs. Panthers can get an asset for that and they'll, and they can replace him with Spencer Knight. That that's the ideal situation for, for really all parties involved. Um uh, but I think that kind of just depends on what Spencer Knight does once he's, once he's back there, mm-hmm. and we'll see. And then same thing with with and defense. Uh, you know, if he can come in and you know replace at least some of what Ekblad can do, obviously he's not going to you know replace all of it or even close. But if he can come in and be you know a competent defenseman, maybe the team doesn't go out and try to get. You know, ex-defenseman. Maybe they go and get someone else. Who knows? Or more, most likely, they just stand pat, and the trade deadline is once again a bust. Yeah, Uh, it's
1: it's hard to tell now. And I mean, Florida's draft drafts like inventory is decent. So, and Bill Zito's first trade deadline as a GM and as the GM of um, the Panthers. So it's going to be interesting to see how he approaches the deadline, Um, but. I'm excited. I think that even if they don't make a move, I can't be upset. I I think that there are needs, but it's not, it's not so urgent that I'd be mad if they didn't make any move.
0: Yeah, uh, no, that's a good point too. This is Bill Zito's first trade deadline. So we don't, you know, like GMs have certain tendencies, whether they, you know, are big, you know, big traders on deadline day or they're not, we don't really know what to expect with Bill Zito. He's obviously been, you know, very active, you know, during the season, before the season. Um, but we we haven't seen him, uh, you know, at, at the trade deadline before as a GM. So, like I'll, like, I'll be curious to see what he does. And hopefully we can see some bigger trades than, you know, Mike Amadio and Christian and or, you know, Brad Morrison and Vinny Henestrosa. Hopefully we see some, you know, real nice movement here, but yeah,
1: some bigger names, uh, maybe a David Savard or,
0: I mean, who knows? Who, who, who knows? It's, it's, it's a mystery. Um, last question here, just cause we're talking about trade deadline. What is like the most significant NHL trade deadline trade that you can remember?
1: Oh man. Huh. Um. You kind of you caught me by surprise with the question. Um, I
0: did, and it's a tough question to think back because, I mean, usually like it's usually trade down line. It's like no one gets traded, and then at the Eric last Carlson. Minute...
1: Eric Carlson was huge, and when you look at the return they got today, like now, I mean, even the Matt Duchesne. Two trades, two trades that involved Ottawa. Yeah. I think
0: both of those were at the deadline. Uh,
1: no, the Duchesne one was for sure. I'm. Well, Duchesne sure the to
0: Columbus is a deadline. Uh, no, no, no i talking Carlson, about Duchesne, Duchesne from Colorado. That wasn't at the deadline, and neither no? was Carlson. Oh, really? Yeah. But you know who was at the deadline? My pick, Mark Stone. That's true. That's true. Which I mean, just because that was like one of those years, like he was that, you know, he was that, that big fish on free agent or on uh, trade deadline day. And he, like almost all the time that player never gets traded. Ryan McDonough to Tampa Bay with like, that was oh. a Ryan
1: Callahan trade. I, was, I mean, a bunch of people were involved. I, that was, that was an interesting one.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, that's definitely one of the bigger ones too. Like, that was kind of that was while Ryan McDonough was like in his prime too.
1: Was he a little past? Like a little, like on the tail yeah, end of yeah, it. Yeah, he was like, on the I'd tail end say- of his prime, but he was still really, really good. And then, yeah. he won the cup last year. Uh, but I remember being because he was captain. Is he captain of the Rangers or I mean, yep. Callahan was.
0: They've, they've both been from, captain. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. I mean. Some, some big trades there uh I don't know I'll, I'll try and think of one for for maybe next episode that I can bring yeah
0: up. I kind of just threw that on you know. it's yeah. it's it's tough because again like there, there aren't that many big trades uh that that happen and a lot of times there's like really like insignificant moves that that are kind mm-hmm. of the ones that, that have an impact like there was the one where like Chicago went and got like anton Vermette, won the cup so like yeah like, I don't know. Like it's it's oh, it's always a bummer. like Yeah. But super excited for it. Can't wait. It's going to be a blast. Mm-hmm. And then once it's over, I'm like, wow, I just wasted an entire day. But it's going to be awesome. Can't wait. Uh, that does it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you to everyone tuning in uh, to this week's episode. We'll be back on Thursday, the brand new episode where we talk about Panthers related stuff Uh, and have a great rest of the day and we will see you all then.